This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. And uh, we're in Washington, D.C. next in the Global News Bureau down there with Reggie Cicchini on the line. Reggie, we had a conversation about 24 hours ago that uh, I did not anticipate uh, talking to you about uh, as quickly again as we are today because yesterday we talked about the Iowa caucuses and how this is the first step and off we go here's here's the campaign and the vote and oh my gosh talk about a face plant and good day by the way yeah good afternoon i mean this is something that i don't think that you know we anticipated talking about but i really think it's something that neither the candidates nor anybody from the iowa democratic party wanted to talk about for sure so let's talk about what the heck happened or more importantly what didn't happen well, I mean, look, what didn't happen is the caucus playing out as they had anticipated it playing out. And what did happen, from what we're hearing at least, from the uh, from the developer of an app that was supposed to be used to kind of tabulate the results from all of the caucuses and all the precincts last night, something malfunctioned. The, 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 the input was put into the app, but it wasn't able to transmit the app. And because of that, uh, we're still looking at a whole bunch of zeros on the board for when it comes to who's leading in which precinct. And sure. we're, we're anticipating we're going to get... Get some kind of result sometime in the next two hours. So still, at this point, and you're in Washington, D.C., the seat of power and pretty much all political activity in the United States of America, and they still don't know what happened in Iowa last night. No, and the, the, the interesting thing is here, so it's, it's the Democratic Party is blaming an app. The app maker has come out to say that the you know the, the fault is being placed on them, but this is the same issue that happened in 2016 between Bernie uh, Sanders and Hillary Clinton. There was a new app that had been used by the Democratic Party, and it malfunctioned as well, which led to some other chaos. So there are some calls now to say maybe caucusing is too antiquated maybe it doesn't work like it should and we should advance into the paper ballot territory i guess we'll have to wait a couple of years and see if that's the step that they decide to take well it's interesting because they had that discussion apparently after the 2016 version of the iowa caucuses which were seen as being kind of almost quaint and near primitive in their um, state given the sophistication of some other methods of determining candidates in other states and so it turns out maybe some of those observations four years ago, Reggie, had a little more weight than we were giving it in those days. Well, I mean, look, political conversations go in circles, and we could be having this exact same conversation four years from now. True. But I think that there's now a general push to say, look, the Americana of past needs to potentially be looked beyond, and we need to get into something that's potentially and, and likely going to be a little more secure, because not only is this causing frustrations with inside the base and trying to figure out who actually won last night, it's opening up doors to potential questions over election security. And, Absolutely. And what this could potentially mean for uh, you know people pushing conspiracy theories after. So there is fallout that extends far beyond just the the results of last night. Well, it's interesting, and I wonder when when you and your colleagues were together viewing the results last night. I know because I heard comments uh, just from people watching the results here. You know, this is some kind of prank. Somebody's uh, hacked into the system. Uh, it's probably not Russians. Probably a bunch of college kids. But you know, somebody is messing with things, and this is only round number zero zero one. 
Yeah, and that disinformation kind of campaign that started up last night is something that was really trying to be pushed back on by the Democrats by saying, look, now's not the time when we already don't have information to be putting out information that's incorrect because all it does is lead to further confusion and complications sure. down the road. But this is something that Republicans latched onto by saying, look, maybe this is because, you know, Bernie Sanders was gaining too much momentum and Joe Biden wasn't. So they had to try and figure something to slow down the, 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 the forward push here. And I think that's where some of this kind of uh, uh, nightmarish chaos started up because not only were the Democrats dealing with a problem, they were now dealing with the problem of their kind of competitors trying to make it an even bigger problem. Interesting stuff. Now let's talk about the aftermath because you know this is they had cameras trained on on the five campaign headquarters of the leading candidates and they were all going to take their turn once the results came out and then they were all going to jump on a plane and buzz off to the next stop. Uh, well, Amy Klobuchar came out first. Uh, with no results in sight and uh, made a statement about how great a time she had and she had to catch a plane. And then Pete Buttigieg did the same. And and, and so in terms of claiming turf uh, and voter uh, affinity that was unverifiable, it's kind of a risky uh, pitch, didn't you think? Well, uh, yeah, especially when you saw someone like Pete Buttigieg, who was actually picking up a little bit of steam last night to be able to walk out on that stage and say that he was heading into New Hampshire victorious. And just within the last couple of hours, he was kind of stopped outside of a coffee shop and somebody asked him, you know, was it a little premature to say victorious when nobody had any results? Right. He simply ignored the cameras and, and walked by in a bit of an awkward moment. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it? <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system moment here. So I think there was just that sense of we need to get out. We need to say something because we can't focus on this knowing New Hampshire is just down the road. Uh, I think it was just a matter of get out, say something, and let's try to put it behind us. Yeah. And were there any comments made by any of the candidates before their departure in the absence of any information that were particularly newsworthy from your perspective? I mean, look, they all kind of said the same thing. They all kind of pushed that whole mantra of, you know, we're, we're trying to do the best we can. Elizabeth Warren came out and said, you know, this is what we're trying to do. We have some news. And somebody yelled back at her, yeah, you won. There were some kind of big moments that, you know, that, that caught the attention of everybody. But I think just the simple chaos and the sheer confusion as to what was going on last night drowned out any kind of message that they were actually trying to put across while on stage, while not admitting defeat, while being cautious to claim any kind of victory. Now, the, the- the contest in the Iowa caucuses yesterday, we were all trained on the Democratic Party and the who's going to be the, the winner kind of thing. There was a Republican Iowa caucus. There were the, the president, of course, unopposed this time around, but they did have the formality of caucusing on, on amongst Iowa Republicans. I am assuming, Reggie, I haven't seen the number. I'm assuming, A, they had a number, and B, it was probably 100%. 
Well, it actually wasn't a hundred percent. There were a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of, uh, uh, votes that went in the other direction that weren't for President Trump. But I mean, look, the president is essentially running unobstructed in the Republican race right now. His team has really done anything they can to squash out any potential competitors for the president, fearing that somebody might actually gain a little bit of support. And he kind of walked away last night, I believe, with 97% right, right, okay. of the vote. And, you know, he, he ended up, it was interesting because the president sent 80 surrogates to Iowa either to kind of, you know, drum up some additional support or to kind of drown out support for the Democrats. But, you know, this is a president who is going to win the Republican nomination no matter what and still needed to do a victory lap by sending all these people into Iowa and claiming that he won. Yeah, indeed. So now we talked a little bit about this yesterday, and it's very kind of you to make yourself available to us today because it was an unexpected addition to your calendar, I'm sure. But we did talk about yesterday because you are going down to the uh, to Congress tonight to uh, as a member of the media to cover the State of the Union address. Has the dynamic changed at all in the absence of real final results from Iowa uh, and, and, and how that might affect Mr. Trump's remarks this evening. Well, look, the, the the people inside the administration, some of the people closest to the president are simply still saying that the president intends to bring this kind of message of optimism when he walks up to the podium tonight. And he may focus a little bit on what is happening in Iowa. He was quick to tweet out by saying, look, if the Democrats can't get their caucuses properly, how can we essentially get to, you know, ensure that they're going to run the country properly? And while he may not be so forthcoming in his comments tonight, he may dance around the topic by saying, this is why Republicans are good for you. This is why Republicans need to kind of build up and bolster up their numbers as we head through the year to try and, you know, govern as I want to see fit. I think this is likely what we're going to hear from the president. But I wouldn't be surprised if we just see Donald Trump latch on to this building strong, growing economy in the U.S. and ride that wave potentially not talking about impeachment, potentially not talking about foreign policy follies. I think this simply may be the president's time to shine by saying, look, the economy's great, and I'm taking all the credit for it. Well, and as he certainly has, right since the very first day of his administration, placed a lot of value on the stock market as a barometer of his performance. Absolutely, he has. Anytime it goes up, he says, look at how great we're doing. And when it goes down, he says, don't pay attention to the markets because they're not important right now until they go back up. The one thing we don't hear from the president, and we likely won't hear it tonight, is when he says the economy is doing so great, he won't mention that it's been 11 straight years of growth after the kind of great recession uh, that was experienced under the Obama administration. But the economy has been picking up because he was handed a good economy from his predecessor. That's something we won't hear. We'll simply hear that the economy miraculously started up wonderfully uh, in 2016 and has been continuing on for three years. Interesting stuff. Expecting to hear that. Reggie, just before I let you go, uh, what is the status today of the impeachment hearings? Is it on hold because it's State of the Union Day and everything just picks up again tomorrow? Where are we at? It is essentially. So senators were on the floor today and they were making statements to put on the record, but it wasn't in an impeachment mode. It was simply just in a in a legislative sitting way where they were able to talk and kind of have a bit of a conversation. They're trying to get what they want on the record. Tomorrow is when we're going to hear uh, the final vote. The chief justice will return to the room and we will actually get that acquittal vote sometime around four o'clock Washington time. So the president taking a bit of a pre-victory lap, knowing full well what's going on, just hoping that there's going to be that GOP unity tomorrow to acquit him 
fully knowing that there is not going to be 67 people sitting in that room that are going to send the president packing. So that and that's what it would take. It's not 50 plus one. It is is it is that other majority, that super majority that would be required to remove the president from office. Yes, you need more than you need more than three quarters, essentially. So you get 67 senators. There, there simply just isn't the numbers both on the Republican side and there aren't enough Democrats that are willing to go that far uh, to say that the president needs to be removed. And, you know, we will see uh, a hurdle cleared for the president as he kind of continues this race now down to 2020 uh, November. Curiosity question, Reggie, when you go down as a member of the media, in this case, the uh, well, you know, that media, the Trump, the people aren't particularly fond of. Do they take care of you? Do they hurt? you like cattle what's the experience like from the point of view of a reporter covering state of the union so the State of the Union starts at 9 o'clock D.C. time, but you end up having to go down a couple of hours early because there needs to be a security sweep. You need to make sure that any equipment that you're bringing in is going to be allowed. There's kind of a long lineup to try and get through and make sure that there's going to be room for you. If not, you end up in a holding room or you right. end up kind of standing in the media center uh, where the reporters uh, typically work out of the Capitol. It's it's a long process in order to get in for something that only lasts 90 minutes, and then it's a very long process to try and get back out. And our office is literally 100 feet across the street from the Capitol, and a can still take half an hour to get back. Interesting stuff. Well, it's a busy day uh, uh, ahead of you with a long evening. If the speech starts at 9 p.m. local time, uh, it'll be a long day for you, Reggie. Thanks for making room for us again in the wake of the, uh, I don't want to say disaster, but let's say confusion in Iowa. Anytime. Thank you. Great stuff. There's Reggie Cicchini from Global News Washington Bureau uh, joining us live from D.C., where he will be covering State of the Union a little later on.